Uh, but first off tonight, let's head to a different battle in Ottawa, where it was day one of the much-anticipated public inquiry into the federal Liberal government's use of the Emergencies Act. You'll remember it was invoked back in February for the first time since it became law in 1988, ostensibly to end weeks of protest blockades in Ottawa and elsewhere. Now, the legislation mandates that there be a public inquiry to look into this. The Prime Minister, though, spoke to the inquiry during a visit to Hamilton today, or about the inquiry at least. He would not speak to what would happen if the Commission were to find the use of the Act was unjustified. I think the important thing is for Canadians to understand uh, the, the situation we were in and the choices we make. We didn't enter uh, into using the Emergencies Act lightly. We used it uh, with a sense of uh, it was the necessary tool at the time. Uh, we used it in a way that was measured and proportionate. Uh, and we're really pleased that the Commission is going to be able to hear from all these witnesses. And that was why I offered to appear. And the Prime Minister will be appearing. You can already tell what the government's line in all this is going to be. You just heard it. Um, it is officially called the Public Order Emergency Commission. It's being presided over by former Ontario Superior Court Justice Paul Rouleau. There will be more than 60 witnesses testifying starting tomorrow, including, as you heard there, the Prime Minister, other members of Cabinet, high-profile protesters, law enforcement, and people impacted by the occupation. Uh, earlier today, Rouleau and his staff started the proceedings by explaining how the inquiry will work. Uncovering the truth is an important goal. When difficult events occur that impact the life, lives of Canadians, the public has a right to know what has happened. But inquiries are also forward-looking. They seek not only to understand what has occurred in the past, but also to learn from those experiences and to make recommendations for the future. Justice Paul Rouleau there. Joining me now from Ottawa is Ryan Tumulty. He's the National Post's parliamentary reporter. He was there today as this all got underway. Thanks so much. No problem. So set the scene for us a bit. I, it sounded like it was a lot of lawyers, a lot of journalists, and a few familiar faces from back in February. Yeah, I would say that's about it. There there are about 20 lawyers. Uh, well, sorry, there are about 20 different groups or um you know, provinces or other uh, interested parties who have standing and thus have lawyers at the commission. Um, you know, it was an opening day, so there were a lot of opening remarks, a lot of sense of where people stand on this and where they're going to be coming from when we start hearing witnesses tomorrow. Um, but yeah, um, certainly getting a lot of attention in Ottawa too, because people have been waiting to see this uh, commission get underway. Yeah, I guess we heard from uh, some of those lawyers today. We're getting a sense of what their arguments are going to be. Um, how did that look or how did that sound? Yeah, so uh, quite a few, um, you know, the, the federal government who made this decision is represented only by one lawyer there. Uh, there is one lawyer that represents the government. Um, they obviously said that they feel they have solid grounds for having invoked the act and they brought that up. Um, most of the other lawyers, though, I would say, come from groups that opposed uh, bringing in the act. There are groups um, of there are lawyers representing protesters um, and people from the Freedom Convoy. Uh, there were lawyers representing Alberta and Saskatchewan as provinces who both said they didn't think uh, invoking the act was necessary. Um, and you heard that from a bunch of other groups. So I would say like most of the lawyers today were saying, and you can tell this is going to be their argument, that invoking the act was necessary. 
There were a few surprises there, I gather, as well. The lawyer for the Ontario Provincial Police came out and said it mightn't have been necessary, which was different from what was being said uh, back in the winter. Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't the line. He hadn't been quite so clear about that before, saying that he didn't think he thought the measures that they had in terms of they already had with the emergency declarations by Ottawa and by Ontario uh, were enough. Um, you know, of course, the, the question there is that you know if if those were enough, then why did the the protests go on for almost a week after Ontario declared a state of emergency? Um, and, you know, the Ambassador Bridge was, was closed for almost a week after yeah. that emergency declaration. So um, I think he'll face more questions. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of officials from the OPP appearing later on. Um, so I think they'll face some questions. If, if their stance is that the Emergencies Act wasn't necessary, I think they're also going to have to explain why so many streets and bridges stayed closed for a week uh, before it was invoked. Yeah, and similar questions, no doubt, for Ottawa police. I gather from reading that uh, the former police chief, the one who quit, Peter Stoley, right in the middle of the protests, he has a different lawyer. Uh, and he has, uh, and that lawyer spoke today a bit and gave a bit of an idea of what we might hear from the former police chief. Yeah, that lawyer gave us an impression that uh, Peter Stoley is going to have a lot of recommendations uh, about how things should be managed differently going forward. We got a strong sense that. Uh, he believes the Emergencies Act was, in fact, necessary. Of course, we'll hear more about that when he testifies. Um, and, you know, he suggested that this shouldn't be thought of as, as just a different type of protest, that this was an entirely different event. And he, his lawyer at least said that it, it represented a national security threat. Did you hear anything today? I mean, you've covered this extensively from uh, from the get-go. Did you hear anything today that uh, that stood out to you, anything that came as a surprise, something you didn't expect? I wouldn't say there were a lot of big surprises today. Like I said, we've known for about a week now what the full witness list would look like. Um, and a lot of these groups were taking stances that we expected. Uh, you know, the commissioner did talk about, and I think, you know, the full volume of what we're expecting is, is going to be quite interesting. Um, you know, there are thousands of pages of documents, apparently, which will be submitted um, you know, government documents and, and, and briefing notes and, and notes to the prime minister that apparently are all going to become uh, part of the record. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, you know, the commissioner talked a little bit about the time crunch that he is under. Um, mm-hmm. Most inquiries, they sort of take a look at the problem and, and then decide how long a t- time the, the uh, commission should run for. Uh, the act is really clear that he only has until next February to deliver um, a report on this. Uh, so the t- time is really uh, ticking down on him, and he made that clear today. Yeah, that's lightning speed for an inquiry. Oftentimes these things take ages. Um, you know, there's long delays between different sections of the inquiry. There's a long time for the report to be written. In this case, it's all condensed into really what is going to be, you know, a five-month period. So that's uh, astounding. He did make a call, I gather, today for this. Uh, he sort of set some ground rules. This cannot be a forum for people's grievances. This cannot be uh, a place to argue out one's different one's differences. This needs to be a forum where we get to the bottom of why this was used and how it could be better handled in the future. Yeah, he talked even about the, the, you know, the act has a very specific purpose. This inquiry is supposed to determine if it was appropriate to use the act and if the act was used uh, in the right way after it was invoked, uh, and then to make recommendations on how it should be changed. Uh, Cabinet suggested other avenues for him to look at, which include things like 
the role of misinformation, the role of foreign funding, things like that. Uh, he made clear that, you know, the commission will follow that and look at that. But he also made very clear that he's going to stick to the basic mandate of this commission, first and foremost, which is to determine whether or not using the act was appropriate. I can imagine that many of the groups there, uh, there'll be people who will be unhappy about the limitations of all this. But really, how much how much more scope can he can he take given the time crunch? Yeah, I think that's going to be a real pressure for him. I mean, we're facing 65 witnesses in the next you know, 30 days, roughly. So that'll be really interesting, especially considering I suspect some of those witnesses will be on the stand for an extended period of time, you know, the prime minister and, and, and some others. Um, so it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Well, Ryan, I gather they're going to start in Ottawa. Is that uh, is that what's happening? We're starting with sort of businesses that were impacted, people that were impacted, city councillors, maybe some of the police. Is that is that the story they're going to try and draw it out from local and then move out? Yeah, tomorrow we start with, like you say, local people. Um, there's a woman here who uh, is leading a class action lawsuit because uh, she lived near the convoy uh, in and among it, and um, a couple of other sort of local residents. Um, you know, their lawyer spoke today and talked a little bit about, you know, just being stuck in their homes, not being able to get cabs to their houses or go out for groceries because stores were closed and things like that. Uh, and then, yeah, a couple of city councillors uh, will also be testifying today, tomorrow. Then we start to move into city officials and local police and then move up the police food chain. Uh, and it won't be towards the very end, um, you know, well into November before we start talking, uh, hearing from cabinet ministers and the prime minister. Yeah, there were there are a lot of them on this witness list. Uh, I gather, was Tamara Leach there today? I know that uh, some of the convoy organizers will also be testifying, quite a few of them, actually. Uh, how many of them were on hand today? Uh, I saw a handful of them today, and Tamara Leach was definitely there. Um, and yeah, they are part of the, they are so to testify. I would say they're probably midway through the, the hearings, maybe, um, you know, not next week, but the week after I was, is where I would guess they'll come out. Um. I guess they weren't talking. <laughs> I imagine. No, I they weren't talking. No one, I don't expect anyone to talk right now if they're going to testify later. Yeah, indeed. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, you covered this as it was going on. You obviously the, the inquiry is mandated. It had to happen. Uh, but just in all the reporting you've been doing, what do we expect to get out of this? I mean, really, uh, is it going to come down to whether it was justified or not? Or do you think that uh, Justice Rouleau will find we much more circumspect than that? Uh, he spoke today about having to look forward, not just back. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to have to make a determination on that. Um, you know, that's crucial. Um, and he has going to have to look forward. I mean, you know, the Emergencies Act uh, was written in, you know, the 19, late 1980s. It was a replacement for the War Measures Act. Hadn't been used since. Um, I, I think there might be some appetite for some recommendations and changes, uh, you know, even if everything had gone perfectly, I think, and there was no controversy over the use of the act. I think there would be an appetite to look at how to change it uh, to reflect that, you know, we live in a different world than we did in, in 1988. Um and you might want to change a piece of legislation like this. So I think yeah. that will be part of it. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see on there. 
Politically, um, there has been talk about what sort of consequences this government might face if it's found to have been unjustified. I, I can't imagine that will be, uh, the, the conclusion will be that stark, to be frank, having covered many inquiries in the past. There are tidbits, but they're not necessarily sort of black and white verdicts on these things. That's not really the mandate. But how much risk is the prime minister running here politically, do you think, by testifying, by having his entire yeah. cabinet testify? Yeah, I don't think any um, uh, political leader relishes the opportunity to be held in front of a public inquiry like this. Um, certainly, it's not always worked out well uh, for political leaders. I'm thinking of, you know, Paul Martin and the Gomery inquiry and other issues like that. Um, but certainly, the you know, the prime minister uh, did not have to be dragged to this inquiry. He volunteered for it. Um, and the government is waiving cabinet confidence, uh, which is not something they normally do to release reams of documents uh, to the commission. Um, so I think they feel like they have a strong case. And I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to look at it removed from there, but the public support, the polling that was out there at the time the act was invoked was very much uh, on the side of invoking it. Um, so, you know, how much will the public care if the justice uh, rules that this was inappropriate or that it went too far? I really don't know. There's no real precedent for it, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the, the protests ended, the blockades were removed. Uh, so that was a success. And some of those other issues like the freezing of bank accounts and so on that I think will be really interesting to look into whether those were, you know, whether those were necessary and whether they went too far and what sorts of, uh, you know, as you mentioned, so much has changed since the 80s, right? Uh, everything from crowdfunding mm -hmm. to so forth, you know, it's, these are the really, uh, you know, the, the issues that are gonna, I think would have to be addressed at this point. Yeah, and I, I think there'll be an appetite, too, for maybe trying to find some sort of half measure between what the government was doing and the Emergencies Act, because it is such a big sweeping measure. You know, uh, provincial emergency orders don't come with this much power and authority, but they do give them the tools needed to get certain things done. Um, and, and that might be an issue here. I mean, the federal government's choices at the time were you know, continuing to try to find more police officers to throw at the problem or this. There was really no middle ground. Yeah. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for your time. Look forward to seeing your reporting as this goes on. And yeah, witnesses start tomorrow. Okay. Thanks very much.